What is up with all this rejoicing going on? The first reading, I rejoice heartily in the Lord. The sponsor of Psalm, my soul rejoices in my God. The second reading, rejoice always. Isaiah, St. Paul, Our Lady, all instructing us to rejoice. But why? What's the point? On this third Sunday of Advent, you will notice that we light one odd candle that stands out differently from among the rest in our Advent wreath. You get three guesses, and the first two don't count. The rose candle. So why do we light a rose candle? Well, purple is a color of penance. And Advent has traditionally been a time of a penitential season where, just like Lent, it's time we take more time for extra prayer. We take on maybe a day of fasting, or maybe penitential practices in order to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. Not just his first coming we celebrate in Christmas, but for his second coming. And for the coming of his in our daily lives. And so we light a rose candle to signify that we kind of now on this Sunday relax our efforts. We relax those penitential practices so that we may rejoice. So we may celebrate with joy the coming of God. Rejoicing. There we have it again. But why? Why are we rejoicing? You may say, Father, have you not heard? Christmas is in a week. Jesus is coming. That's why we're rejoicing. Okay. But why? Why do we rejoice at Jesus' coming? Have you ever stopped to think, why? You see, we can't fully grasp the true meaning of Advent unless we first grasp the words that we heard from Our Lady today. We can't grasp the true meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of Christ coming into the world unless we hear Our Lady's words spoken to us over and over and over again, unless we allow Our Lady to teach us. For she says, my soul rejoices in God, my Savior. We rejoice because we have a Savior. We heard in the prophet Isaiah that the, the prophet rejoiced because it was the God that he had robed him with a garment of salvation. That's why we rejoice. You see, we have to first recognize that we need a savior. But what do we need saving from? My brothers and sisters, you know, we sometimes fail to recognize the reality of sin. But see, the very recognition of ourselves as sinners, as people who mess up, who are not always open to God's grace, that's why we rejoice in the Christmas season, because we have a Savior. I like to analyze something for just a moment. You see, the more we recognize and acknowledge that we need a Savior, we're sinners, and that sin is not just made up for us Christians just to keep us in line, make sure we're good people, the more we recognize that the reason we talk about sin is because it destroys our relationship with God and our neighbor. 
the more we do that, the more Advent becomes about rejoicing and waiting for our Savior. But you see, the more we fail to recognize that we're sinners, we mess up. The more we fail to recognize that sin is for real. And that, simply put, sin exists. See, this time becomes less about a Savior coming to save us and more about us saving on a sale. The commercialization of Christmas. We talk about it. Christmas is, is over-commercialized, but why? It's because the Savior isn't rejoiced. You see, the lights that we have on our houses, the lights that we have in the front of this church, the lights that we see on all these buildings, you see, that's a sign to us that we have to be a testimony to the lights, as John was a testimony to the light. There's a beautiful hymn that we sing during the Advent season, and you're all familiar with it. It's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. If we listen to its words, we can get a glimpse into a very profound truth of the Advent and Christmas season. Let's look at how the hymn begins. We sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear." You see, the hymn begins with describing the situation of the Israelite people. They're in captivity. They're in exile. They're mourning. They're saddened. They're not in a good situation. And they've gotten themselves into this situation because they failed to obey God. And so now they recognize. They recognize, okay, we've messed up. We're in this sticky situation. We need a savior. And see, they're stuck in this situation until he appears. There's no getting out of it until he comes to rescue them. And then the hymn bursts with the two words. After singing that, after knowing the situation in, the hymn bursts with rejoice, rejoice. Because Emmanuel shall come to you, Israel. That's why we rejoice. God comes to save. So, we've talked about the reason for rejoicing. But maybe we should ask ourselves, what is joy? We recognize that we rejoice because we are sinners and we have a Savior. Thanks be to God. But then let's ask, what is joy? What does it mean to have joy? And I'd like for a moment to let Our Lady again teach us. To sit at the feet of Our Lady of Mary and let her show us what it means to have joy. I'd like to do so by looking at the joyful mystery. You see, when we pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary, we recognize one thing. That in each mystery, Jesus comes and breaks into a scene. He penetrates, pierces into the life of someone. 
as light through a window. He comes right in the middle of the mystery, the first mystery, the Annunciation. God, through his angel, breaks into the scene of this lowly, simple, unknown woman we call Mary. It was unexpected, an ordinary life, but Jesus and God breaks through right there. The second mystery, the visitation. Mary, having conceived the child Jesus, bearing him in her womb, goes and meets Elizabeth. You see, Jesus breaks into the scene of Elizabeth's life and John the Baptist's life. And what does John the Baptist do? He leaps for joy. An unexpected visit from our Lord. The third mystery, the nativity of Jesus. The light of the a light of the world is born into the darkness of the night. He pierces into human history in a brand new way. The fourth mystery, the presentation in the temple. Mary takes the child, Jesus, presents her to the priests, presents her to the temple. You see, Jesus pierces and breaks into the life of the social life, the liturgical life, the social life of the people of Israel. He doesn't just come into the physical world as a physical person, but he's in, he entered into the nooks and crannies of society, into the very liturgical rites he himself prescribed for them to do. The fifth mystery, defining the child Jesus in the temple. You see, Jesus pierces the minds of the scholars who sit at a 12-year-old and listen to him speak words of truth. He penetrates their minds and their hearts with deep truths. So what is joy? Joy is when we allow Jesus Christ to break into, to penetrate, to pierce into our lives. We allow Jesus to come in the most ordinary moments of our life. We allow him to surprise us where exactly we might find him unexpectedly. Because joy is the sure and certain faith that God is present. And it's a disposition that we're always open to the presence of God, even when he desires to come unexpectedly. And this is why, my brothers and sisters, this is why we can say that we have joy in the midst of sorrow, while we have joy in the midst of struggles, of trials, temptations, while we have joy in sadness. Because Christ wants to pierce. He wants to break into that scene, too. And it's why Mother Teresa could walk the streets of Calcutta and see people dying on the street and yet have joy in her heart and still proclaim the spirituality of a smile because she recognized that Jesus can break through anything. He can implant himself anywhere. But just like the first mystery, the Annunciation, it took an invitation. You see, God, through the angel, broke through, yet still waited on Mary's fihat mihi secundum verum tuum. 
Let it be done according to your word. Yes, Lord. Joy comes when we first invite Christ to be a part of our lives. But not just one part or the other, but every aspect. We allow Him to just pierce our hearts. When we allow Him to to surprise us in everyday life. But you see, joy, my brothers and sisters, is found at its greatest, is found at its best, when we who acknowledge we are sinners have a Savior. At the mess we've created ourselves, God did something about it. He ransomed us from the captivity we were in. And yes, we're in exile here on this earth, but not for long, for our Savior is coming again. Rejoice, rejoice. The Son of God will appear again. He did come and ransom us. He'll come and ransom us again. We must have joy. And so, do we recognize him when he pierces into our lives? John the Baptist, when he was speaking to the Pharisees, says there's one among you whom you do not recognize. He's so mighty, so great, that I'm not even worthy to untie the strap of his sandal. In other words, I'm not even worthy to be his slave. But you do not recognize him. In just a moment, Jesus is going to break into our life in the Holy Eucharist. He's going to penetrate going to break into the scene right now where we recognize him. Our brothers and sisters, let us rejoice for our Savior has come and will come again. Let us invite Christ into our lives so that we might experience true and lasting joy. God bless you.